Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. So we are back again with another episode of the JK Rowling Discussions podcast, where we talk (laughs) about her most insane ramblings from the previous week. So clearly, she just won't shut up. The bitch won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. We should just change our name of the podcast to literally just... Uh, JK Rowling hate club and just make every episode about her because genuinely she just won't shut the fuck up every week there's just something new and I'm sorry that like we keep saying we're gonna stop talking about her but the tea just keeps being spilled and we just have to keep going and it's annoying I get it's annoying but also at the same time she just keeps feeding us content like week after week she says something worse than she said before and We were talking before we started filming and I was like, I've never ever in my entire life encountered somebody who's tried to make a point so many times but has failed every single time. And each time she fails, she just keeps one upping herself and saying something more stupid. And yeah, I just don't get how that's possible. So here we are again, unpacking another one of her stupid ramblings because I mean, the things that she says are at the end of the day, still harmful to the community, and she still does have a really big platform. So I think we should talk about them, even though I, for one, can probably go the rest of my life without ever mentioning her name ever again. Her obsession with trans people, like, I don't get it. I genuinely don't understand. And like you said, for sure, she just, like, keeps doubling down. And the amount of, like, like backwards thinking that she has to do, like try and get all these resources to make like to invalidate trans existence is like crazy. It's almost like she's trying to prove to herself, like she's trying to prove her bigotry to herself. And it's like, if you have to do all this work, honey, maybe like, maybe there's a bigger picture here. Maybe you are just a fucking turf. (laughs) And like, I, none of us want that turfy energy. Like none of us are asking for it. And so just like her presence being that way is so annoying. But anyways, uh, I know Gage's birthday is coming up in like a week. So I was doing some like research. It's like, oh, like, what should I get Gage? Like, I want to get her something. And then so the first thing that popped in my mind was like, I have to get this bitch like a whole box set of, of Harry Potter. But I was like, she'd fucking kill me. Yeah, you texted me last night. And you told me you were sending me something. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was jokingly, I jokingly said, are you sending me a box set of Harry Potter? And you were fucking dying. I would have screamed so loud. Like, it would have been hilarious. But at the same time, I can't guarantee that I would not have either vandalized it or did something to that series. Like, there's no guarantee that I wouldn't have done that. I'd respect any decision you do with your gift. It was was creative artisticness. Honestly, it's so sad that like the first thing is to pop in my head of like, what should I get you? Or it was like the box set for Harry Potter, whether it was the movies or the books, either one, and or a Funko Pop, because I'm like, those are just oh, embodying your identity. Ew. Oh my god. Can you imagine a Funko Pop collection? That would have just ruined my entire collection if I had anything. Oh my god. There. Do they have I didn't like, even one? I'm not sure. I wasn't even talking about like getting you a J.K. Rowling like Funko Pop. I was just meaning in general, but literally I, I probably could have, <laughs> that would have been yeah. so funny. Oh my God. I should have done that. That's so funny. I would have like drew on her, dismembered her maybe, took a few limbs off. I don't know. 
but hopefully I won't have to do that. So we'll see. I'll, I'll update everybody on what my surprise birthday present is. Hopefully it comes in time because I think the process is going to, I don't want to spoil anything, of course, but I think the process is kind of slow. So I'm not sure how long it'll take. I'm hoping that it comes to you on time though, um, because I really, I think, I think it's a good thing. I mean, and I, I, I hope that you like it. Um, but I'm excited. Are there any plans that you do have for your birthday? I know you kind of mentioned it like an episode previous that you might be doing something with Russell. Yeah, we're actually going, we're flying back home to Washington and a few of our friends that live in Portland are also going to come down and we're going to like go get an Airbnb by like one of the lakes and rent a boat for the day and just like hang out on the water and stuff. So that's going to be fun. I'm kind of like dreading my birthday because I'm feels so old and it's just not really a good look for me. Like I feel like I'm turning 50, but I'm not. I guess that's, that's I always forget how old you are. How old are you turning? I'm turning 26. Rip. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm turning 24 this year, and I want to kill myself. Great. I mean, we're obviously still very young. I'm not no shade to we're you. We're still very like, young. We look very youthful. We're pretty. So, I mean, at exactly. the end of the day, age is just a number. Age is, is just a number. I think, you know, we're living our life where we still have the whole world ahead of us, but there is that existentialism, or existentialism, yeah, that, like, that I just, like, get with, like, just the idea of aging and I even hate talking about it because I'm like uh like I just don't want to think about it but um yeah I guess that's a, that's a good thing though like your birthday's coming up you're gonna do some fun things it sounds really fun like a nice like just time with your friends in yeah. like a nice place yeah I need to to unwind work has been really stressful lately so it's definitely gonna be nice to take a few days off but like going back to my age it's kind of just because I feel like now is the time where everybody starts to think about when they want to have children and when they want to buy a house and blah, 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 blah. And obviously as a trans person, that's like the con, like, I don't know, like the, the process of going about that is a lot different than if I was able to actually get pregnant. And last night I got like really high and I went on FaceApp and I pretty much just morphed my boyfriend's face and my face together for like two hours until I could find like our perfect children. And I must say, if I was able to carry a child, they would be stunning, like stunningly gorgeous. They were like models for sure. I like got the face app because you were, you were doing it. And I was like, I have to do it with like me and Emily. And then, but like, I don't know what the pictures I was, it was just like, so like, like weird looking it was like a very like european style like like look of like someone that was like because our skin tones are completely different and like we look like because emily is white i'm mexican and so like our skin tones are just like completely different and so the way that it morphed us was just like odd and so i was like that's so like it just made me uncomfortable (laughs) but um I mean, there were, it was a cute and it was funny, but I was like, okay, that's weird. Like I have to, I'm going to morph myself with my, like, I'm going to morph myself with myself and I did it. And then it, it was like awful. So I'm like, okay, it's just the app. I don't have to worry. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and like the way the app does it, it's obviously not going to, it's not exactly how like, it's not going to 
a child isn't half and half. Like it, it'll, it'll, it won't be like that. But yeah, like the idea of having kids as a trans person is terrifying. And like, I know for like Emily and I, we've, we've been talking about having kids a lot more lately. Like, obviously it's like way like down the line, but I know her and I have both been talking about like the idea of having kids. Um, like, and I think like, we're kind of getting to the point where like, yeah, like if we were to have a kid today, we, we probably could like support it and we would be perfectly fine with it. So it is cool. Like, I would say that's a cool thing of like getting older. I, I, I'm kind of like excited about it. Um, because yeah, family would be great. And I know my situation is different than yours. Cause I'm, uh, with Emily, who is a woman and she's capable of giving birth. And I did store my sperm before starting hormones. So I know the process that we go through is completely different than what you go through. So, um, I know that like, is a, it's a weird process to go around. Like, would you adopt? Would you have like a surrogate? And yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not impossible. Like it's clearly in our reach. It's just, it takes a lot of extra planning and a lot of additional stress that most couples don't have to deal with, which is fine because I know when it's the time it's going to happen and we're going to be able to do it. It's just like having to think about how much harder it's going to be for us is kind of disheartening. But like I said, it's going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. Um, so yeah, I'm getting old. What's new with you? <laughs> Um, while you're getting old, I'm having mental breakdowns because my family is a piece of shit. Um, I'm, uh, you're also not old. Stop saying that. Um, but, uh, yeah, my family has been complete trash lately. I have been going through like a lot kind of dealing with them. Uh, I like, I'm very, um, I'm very set on, sorry, I'm very set on my beliefs and I, I do what I can to educate myself and to be as um, moral as I can be and as ethical as I can be, because I think, uh, you know, people matter in this world. And I think a lot of minorities are, are being attacked constantly all the time. And so I'm very in the mindset of like, in this like radical mindset of like, we need to do more to help these people who are minorities. And so like, that's my like belief. I mean, regardless of political spectrum, like, even though I do consider myself like extremely, extremely uh, left, I, I definitely, I think my, I try to be as moral and ethical as I can be as specifically like for targeted groups, like minority groups. And so I'm very passionate and I'm very, um, I do what I can to educate others. So I got into this like Facebook fight, essentially, not even fight because I was just trying to like be as civil as I can be with a family member who was talking, he like made a there was like a joke that he reposted on his account saying like, um, instead of saying defund the police, how would you guys like it if I said uh, defund welfare? And like, he shared that as like a joke, like, like we should defund welfare and not defund the police. And I was like, excuse me. So I commented, I was like, homie, like I literally I'm, I'm on food stamps. Like I'm your, and like, I'm pretty sure we both grew up on food stamps and like, so like, how are you going to say that? Like, like you, you, and then, so he like essentially told me to get a job and then my family saw it and, um, and they like got mad at me for it and saying like, I was like this awful person and was being selfish and that like, I was doing all this to like prove a point. And like, 
like my family has this like weird thing where they like constantly call me selfish and it's like really painful because it's like that's just their cop-out excuse for like me wanting to live my life like I did everything I could to make them happy my entire life I literally did everything that I could. I was like the ideal student. I graduated with a 4.11 GPA. Like I was so involved and I was, and I was so, I was such a good kid and I did everything. So I didn't hurt anybody. And I just tried to be the best kid as I could be. And in that process, I wasn't allowed to be myself. I didn't allow myself to like, um, express my gender identity. I didn't allow myself to do any of that because I was protecting them. I wanted everyone to be happy. And I just kind of ignore myself in that fact. So the, so the moment that I was like, all right, I need to like live my life for me now, all of a sudden I'm selfish. And like that keeps getting thrown at me. And so it was this big fight of like them getting mad at me, calling me selfish. And then when I like stand up for myself, then they're like, see, this is what I'm talking about. You're selfish. And it's like, but you're the one talking about me. Like, what are you talking about? And so it became this big thing where like, um, yeah, it was just a really bad fight. And I think the worst that I had in a while. And I thought I got over a lot of like family issues. I thought I kind of worked through them all, but like, I realized that like I haven't. And like, this was just like a, a big trigger for me, this whole fight. Um, because yeah, I have like a really bad backstory with my coming out. And I think we've kind of talked about it in our first episode. Um, but yeah, the whole process of just kind of like dealing with my family, it was just like really rough. And so I've like, I like had a really, it was like a really bad time. I was just like crying all day. Cause I was like, so overwhelmed by it. I mean, it's hard when like your parents refer to you by your dead name, by pronouns that aren't yours. Um, and yeah, it's really painful and hurtful and it sucks because like, obviously family means everything to a lot of people. Familia is something that's like really big in the, my culture and like Hispanic Latino culture. Um, but like, I don't have that anymore. And I'm starting to realize that like family isn't unconditional. It isn't. And I kind of am living proof of that, that uh, no matter what I do, like I'll never be good enough. And so like, it, it is like a, a constant tiring thing. So like just trying, I'm just trying to kind of navigate through uh, what family means for me. Cause right now it is kind of like lonely um, and it has been for a very long time. So it's been a really painful week for me, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's been going on with me. When I saw like the text message that you sent me, I was genuinely like shocked as to first of all why somebody like a family member would even say those things to you and especially the reason why they said it and like you said the whole selfish thing like you're like the least selfish person I know like you always care about other people and making sure you don't upset anybody so I'm like what how I don't understand how they are unable to get over the fact that you living your life is not selfish like everybody has the right to live their own life the way that they want to and just because they don't particularly agree with it doesn't mean that you're selfish it means that they're the ones that have the issue and they're not able to get over it so I just I can't imagine how hard it would be and I I always tell you I'm always going to be in your side and I'll always support you and we're like family but it's just annoying because like I, I just don't understand how that thought process could go through somebody's head when you have a family member and you just I just don't get it but like I said 
I love you and I will always support you, even though sometimes your family does not do the same. Thank you. I love you too. And that means a lot to me just because, yeah, it is, it is overwhelming, way too overwhelming. And no one should have to go through that. Um, I just find it frustrating that that's like a constant thing that happens in my life that I'm trying to work through. Like, I'm like, I want a relationship with my mom. So I'm just going to ignore the times that she says my dead name. I'm going to ignore her misgendering me. Um, I'm just going to like ignore it all together. But then at the end of the day, that like eats away at me and it builds and builds and builds until I snap. And then I did snap and it just wasn't nice. And so, yeah, I'm kind of just like over it. I like I'm over just even dealing with family in general. And um, I don't know where to go from here, but obviously I'm just trying to live my life, um, you know, happy and find those in my life that I, I want to keep. And like you said, yeah, I, a big thing that I always like, try to do in my life is I, I have this constant fear of like hurting someone or upsetting someone. And I, I feel like I, I just because my entire life, I was like called selfish and stuff for my family, especially throughout this transition. So I, I know what like that, I don't know. I just, I know that pain and like of feeling that way. And I know that I do all that I can to do in like relationships to make people like comfortable and happy around me. And I always wanted to give. And I think that's a big thing that like, and I'm like not trying to self gloat here because, but I, I like, I, that's my main thing. I feel like um, that I find, if I, I want to be remembered for anything is I want people to remember, remember me for my kindness and for me to like, just um, be the one that's like as understanding as they can be. And I, I don't know. I, I, I always try to be that person in someone's life. Um, so yeah, it is, it is, it hurts a lot to just like, like being called that. Cause I, I, I'm just trying to live my life. I just, I want to just be happy, but, uh, what can you do? Um, as, has there been anything, any updates in your week, anything interesting? How's work? How's the kittens? Well, work, like I said a little bit earlier, it's been very stressful. I, my job is like inherently stressful, but when you have people that don't do their share um, and then you're like really good at your job, so you get everything dumped on you, it's kind of stressful. That's all I'm going to say. I'm acting like my coworkers are listening to this when they're probably not. But like, I feel like everybody knows the feeling of having other people's workload shoved onto you because they can't handle it and you can. But at the end of the day, I feel like I should not be the one that has to pick up other people's slack because I'm not getting paid extra. I didn't get a raise or a promotion. So why do I have to pull out my hair for an entire week for nothing? Like I was telling you yesterday, this week has been so stressful that I've been forgetting to eat lunch. Like obviously that's my fault too because I work at home and I can obviously eat whenever I want to. But like I've been so behind and trying to catch up and working that I just completely work literally from 8 a.m. to 4.30 when I clock out. I'm, I don't move. I just work throughout the entire day and I had to stop myself a few times. I was like, I need to just like get up and go get some water, like eat something. I don't know. But yeah, I just been really stressed out. So like I said, I'm excited to have a shorter week next week and then go on a little vacation and have some time to myself when I can just relax and not have to worry about 
my job. Yeah. Um, I like, I know that pain of like, uh, just working really hard and like you have all this pressure on you. So you just kind of avoid those essential needs, but like, yeah, I'm really sorry that you have to go through that. And no one like should have to go through that or like work shouldn't be something that like you're stressed. So, 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 so stressed out about obviously everyone just wants to clock in clock out and just like forget about it. And I'm sure that like stress eats away at you and it just like, it isn't fair. So I'm very sorry. And that's just, I'm like, it just, it's so shitty because like, obviously I know you and I know your work ethic and I know you're such a hard worker. And obviously that's why there's so much pressure on you constantly. So like, for sure, like that is unfair. I would you shouldn't be punished for doing your job, for doing a great job. And like, that's what it seems like. Obviously you need to be compensated. You need to be heard and understood and cared about and any company should just like value their employees especially ones that are doing like top notch you know like me exactly like you <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh jumping into the topic finally for today um i think we can finally get into this bitch <laughs> i think we can just i mean i don't want to spend too much time and we always say this and we spend a lot of time on it but um, J.K. Rowling is in the news again because she once again tr- quadrupled down <laughs> on uh, just her views on trans people. Like, like genuinely, the bitch won't shut up. And so uh, she went on this tweeting spree, and I'll just read the ones that stood out to me. Uh, she read, went on this tweeting spree, and then she said, I've ignored fake tweets attributed to me and retweeted widely. I've ignored porn tweeted at children on a thread about their art. I've ignored death and rape threats. I'm not going to ignore this. And so she went on this giant thread talking about how hormone replacement therapy, HRT, is the new antidepressant, the new conversion therapy, so to speak. And that's verbatim what she said. She said, Many, myself included, believe we are watching a new kind of conversion therapy for young gay people who are being set on a lifelong path of medicalization that may result in the loss of their fertility and or full sexual functions. And so like, yeah, (laughs) there's just a giant issue there where she just won't stop talking about trans people. Like, I don't know what her deal is. Like, she just won't shut up about it. The thing that really got to me is the conversion therapy part. Like, I don't know what went through her mind at that time to make her think that using the word conversion therapy in reference to HRT is any way appropriate. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. There's no, and she keeps saying, like, me and others, me and many, like, bitch, who? Like, all your turf friends, like, nobody's really supporting you except your turf friends and other psychotic people that have been doing homophobic things forever and have had experience in conversion therapy, actual conversion therapy. And I think that also kind of opens up a deeper layer in which you know, conversion therapy is typically something that is used to try and dissuade people in the LGBT community from being same gender, same sex attracted. And using that as a way to kind of talk about HRT doesn't really make sense to me, considering that gender and sexuality are two completely different things. And this is 
again, another instance where it seems like she's not able to understand that just because somebody is gay doesn't necessarily mean that they also could potentially be trans. Like those two are not the same. They're completely different. Trans people have a very vast majority of options when it comes to their sexual identity because that's completely separate from their gender identity. And she like just doesn't get it. I don't know if she just doesn't think that exists when it's been like proven. I don't know if she just like chooses to not listen to certain pieces of literature and only, you know, cite her turfy friends. But if that's what she wants to do, that's what she wants to do. I just think that it's bullshit. And I just don't understand why she thought that was in any way appropriate or it makes any sense because it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the main resources that she ends up citing are just people, other people's opinions that agree with her. It's never like informative things, and people have like have like spread like she was like keeps saying many health professionals like bitch at them who who is the many health professionals tell us and like it just like it's so upsetting because like she does this all the time and then the the medical professionals that like do agree with her are saying like I agree with you she'll like retweet them and it's like okay but they have no business um, supporting trans people. Also, if they're a health professional and they're against uh, medicalization of trans people, giving them HRT, isn't that um, uh, by government, by federal government, illegal to discriminate against gender identity? Isn't that what we just talked about a few episodes ago? Um, so it just is very telling that like there are people in the medical industry that can be transphobic. But yeah, for the most part, she just cites other people's opinions and um or these like shady articles that like just like i don't know it's just like obviously these turfy languages that she she um uses to prove her point she finds these resources that try to prove her point and it's gross and what i find disturbing is that she will talk about like many myself included believe we're watching a new kind of conversion therapy for young gay people and it's like why are you sexualizing kids why are you thinking about their sexual orientation their children like they have nothing to do with your gender identity. Like you said, there's there's no correlation. They're not the same thing. And so for her to just be like thinking about a child's sexual orientation, it just is so weird to me. And then the first tweet that she tweeted, she said that she's ignored she's ignored fake tweets attributed to me and retweeted widely. I've ignored porn tweeted at children on a thread about their art. And it's like, okay, so you you've ignored sexual assault towards children, but you draw the line at trans people taking medication, things that have proven to help them like drastically. And so her whole idea of calling it conversion therapy really upset me. So I ended up quote tweeting it and I said, oh my God, have you guys heard? I'm not trans after all. I'm just gay. I'm just a gay boy, I guess. And then I said, thank you, Robert Galbraith. You've helped me immensely because I don't know if you guys remember, but she has a pen name called Robert, uh, Robert Galbraith and who was the pioneer for gay conversion therapy. And so it's just crazy and funny to me that she uses conversion therapy as um, synonymous with hormone replacement therapy, um, which is insane. Like they're not the same thing. And I don't know, it just, it is really frustrating because she finds these sources that just feed into what she believes. She um, finds these people who just feels or like, um, emphasizes what she believes and then she uses it to justify her means and like it's just it is it's so problematic especially the times where she says like 
oh, I support trans people. I support them. But a lot of times with everything she says, it's, it's just not true. And a lot of times you start seeing her like specifically like she doesn't know the difference either from a trans woman to a trans man. And yeah, like she'll talk about like, uh, like the last time where it was like, um, people with periods and she was so offended that they said that she like wrote a whole article about trans women in restrooms. And it's like, how are, that's not the same thing, honey. Like people with periods, like trans men can have periods, but now you're talking about trans women in the restroom. Like where, where, where does that make sense? And so she just trying to use all this turfy energy to try and justify herself. And it's like, it just at, at some like line, it's like, why are you so obsessed? Why are you so bothered? Like people are just living their lives and not hurting anybody. There's been no proof of any assault by any trans people in any restrooms. Um, there's been like, if anything, trans people are being murdered for being themselves and like your energy and who you are and everything that you do and everything that you represent affects that. It like emphasizes that for people in our community to continue to hurt and target trans people. And like, that's just like, that's just so disgusting that she can just endorse this, like, leave it be, let people just live. And at the end of the day, like it just, it's, it's so painful to know that like, she's a part this person that's so influential to so many people is a part of like this, this destructive mindset. That's just so um, disgusting and awful. I mean, I looked through her tweets. I didn't see anybody saying that they wanted to rape her. And I feel like there's just constant attachment between the trans community and trans activists with like rape. She literally always brings up rape or some type of sexual assault when she's talking about trans people. And I feel like for some whatever reason, she has it convinced that trans people are sexual abusers i don't i don't know why she has that feeling last thing i'm gonna say on her because i i'm tired of her is i genuinely feel like she has an issue with men because she has a had a bad relationship in the past that did involve sexual assault and she point blank period doesn't think that trans women are actually women and that's why she's constantly trying to push this narrative that we're all sexually assault abusers and we're going to go into the bathroom and rape people. I just think that she has an issue with men. And since she's not able to see trans women as women and instead sees them as men, that's why she's on this kick and she won't ever stop. I don't think, I don't think it's ever going to be something that she understands. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect way to sum it up is that uh, she has unresolved issues that she should work through and instead of targeting minority, um, like a minority group, a group that's marginalized, uh, she should work through that and figure out what the true meaning behind it is. And obviously, like, it's devastating that she has gone through assault and she's mentioned it in the past. Like, no doubt in mind, like, that is awful and no human being should go through that. But you can't equate that to someone's identity, to someone like a trans person who has done no harm. Um, and it is really like upsetting that uh, it's constantly just like used um, like men being assaults assaulters or, you know, sexually assaulters is, is used as like uh, is used as synonymous with a trans person, like a, a trans woman, a trans feminine person. And it's just not true. 
And so uh, with that, I'm, I guess we can just bury the hatch and just leave it there. Um, I can't say that we won't talk about her again because who fucking knows? The bitch will shut up. Um, but in other trans news, um, I don't know. Have you seen any of this Halle Berry things? Have you have you been up to date with that? I have seen a few posts on social media, like people praising her for her decision to step down from a role. So essentially, I guess Halle Berry was casted in a role to play as a trans man. Um, and obviously, as a cis woman, there are a lot of issues that arise. Um I mean, there have been a lot of instances in the past where trans people or people in the LGBT community have been portrayed by cis or straight people. And in terms of representation, that's obviously not very helpful, specifically with trans people, because like in Transparent or The Danish Girl, we have cis men playing trans women, which is kind of a harmful portrayal of trans women because it essentially kind of insinuates that we're men putting on an act, playing dress up, playing a role to be a woman and not actually women. And obviously vice versa can ap- can um, apply when a, a cis woman is playing a trans man. So a lot of people were a little bit upset with the way that she was casted for the role. And she did make a statement and she did come out and say like that she understands that her role as a cis woman is important. And I don't think she really thought that through when she did accept the role. So, I mean, we can get into a little bit more into her statement, but it's also just really an overarching issue of representation in the trans community on media, whether it's a TV show, a movie, reality show, video game, whatever it is, like we should have accurate representations of people in our community. Otherwise, it still leaves the door open for like a lot of questions and a lot of people making misconceptions because like I said, if you see like Ben Affleck playing a trans woman, what really, what good does that do for the community? And what, what are people going to think about that? Yeah, I think you talked about it really good. It's it, it, the, the way that media interprets trans people is, I mean, it really affects our community. It affects uh, how people feel, how people perceive, um, how people perceive us. And that like goes, I mean, that goes beyond anything, like the way that the media perceives anything. Like I was reading Our Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis. And uh, in there, she mentioned how the prison system is the way it is today. And the large part is how media per, per, or perceives it and how it, how it showcases what it's like, uh, what a prison is like. And so that's how we like, that's what we know it. That's what we think of it as. So the same kind of goes with trans representation. It's like really in, it's important to um, stop that, that stuff, that cycle of, of, yeah, thinking that like a trans feminine person is a boy who is playing dress up and, or like have, has these like clothes fetish, clothes fetishes the way that the Danish girl did. Or, or whether it's um, a trans man, a story about a trans man and cis women are playing that role and people are like, oh, it's just like a tomboy. It's just a tomboy. And like, that's not how it is. And so a, a big problem that a lot of people were had issues with was in an interview that Halle Berry announced that she was doing this trans role was, um, this is what she said. She says, 
uh, talking about the role, she says it's a character where the woman is a trans character. So she's a woman that transitioned into a man. She's a character in a project I love that I might be doing. So already she's referring to a trans man that she's playing as she. And that's the problem. That is the issue. That is the issue that everyone has with these cis people playing these roles. Um, There's so many trans actors and actresses um, that can fill these roles. There are so many and oftentimes they're forgotten. And like, that's just, it's really awful because they're trying to make ends meet and there's all these roles that are going to cis people. And it's shocking that Halle Berry did this, especially after the heat that Scarlett Johansson recently went through. She was supposed to play a trans man and she went through a lot of shit for it. And so it is upsetting to know that this keeps happening where these directors, the developers of these movies are giving roles to these cis actors that are, or that are trans characters. And yeah, like I just, I find it really unacceptable. And I know that you've recently watched the documentary, right? About kind of trans representation in media. Yeah. It's called Disclosure on Netflix. It's really good. I watch it. I think it was the day it came out because I saw a lot of like hype around it, which we need. We need a documentary that highlights the history of trans representation. And it was really important. It has a lot of notable speakers. Um, I think Laverne Cox is one of the executive producers. So yeah, it has a lot of good perspectives of trans people that were actually in certain roles throughout history. Um, They dissect a lot of famous films that had trans characters in them and how the representation and the actors that were used to play these characters were either good or bad. So it's definitely something that you should watch. I think everybody should watch it um, to kind of educate yourself a little bit more on the trans community. But yeah, going back to her statement, obviously it was problematic and I feel like anybody who's accepting a role should understand that I am going to be playing this role I'm playing a character that has this specific identity or has this specific background and I think as an actor it's your responsibility to make sure that you do the research for the role that you're playing and that you're not saying anything offensive or you're not saying anything that's inaccurate or does not represent the character that you are playing. So yeah, I, I forgive Halle Berry. I don't think she's a terrible person and needs to be canceled. But at the same time, I think people need to be more accountable of doing their research and making sure that they know what they're talking about before they say it. Because like, it's a, it's a big deal to have somebody like Halle Berry completely butcher pronouns for a character that she was supposed to play. But like, yeah, I think people just need to do their research. And I mean, the simpler solution would just be to stop casting people that have no duty or have no right to be playing anybody in the LGBT community if they're not actually in it. So I feel like that's, that's something that could prevent that from happening, but I don't think that will ever happen. So I think people just need to do their research. Yeah. And this expands along like many different identities, many different, um, uh, even disabilities. Like I've, I've seen countless of movies, countless movies where people are like actors, like big actors are playing people who are in wheelchairs. And it's like, there are, there are people who are disabled that are in wheelchairs 
Like why, why couldn't those people be casted or whether it's Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian person in a movie? Like what the fuck is that about? And um, it's just like, yeah, a bunch of things that are given to cis white people, um, cis white able-bodied people, a lot of these roles. And it's just very unfair, but in like good news that I, that I feel like has been happening lately or something that's been pretty big that does involve like trans media, trans people in media. There's two things that are coming to mind. One recent with um, Sports Illustrated and another um, I'm going to mention just really quick because I think it's really cool. Uh, Ian Alexander, a trans, uh, trans man, uh, recently was uh, in the new game, The Last of Us Part Two, And I think that's just insane that's so crazy and like he played a major part in it and it was like really really cool to see that representation not emphasizing his trans identity um but celebrating it in a sense of like and not being the center conversation there was something bigger to the story and it was the perfect way to utilize a trans person and not saying that the game was the best thing i think the game was pretty shitty um compared to the first one but I think it was his story was really cool. And that was a really cool thing that they did. And if you guys don't know who Ian Alexander is, I'm a huge fan. He was on the OA. The OA is like one of my favorite shows. Um, but a really, really cool thing that Naughty Dog did um, in terms of the story they got for Love, who was played by Ian Alexander. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's really cool. But I know there's a sports illustrated thing do you want to talk about that yeah so yesterday i think it was revealed that valentina sempao who's like a brazilian model and actress she's trans she was actually the first trans woman or openly trans woman featured on sports illustrated and she was also the first trans victoria's secret model as well so she's just paving the way doing her thing being gorgeous and also, she's absolutely stunning. I am just so happy for her that she's able to kind of establish herself in the modeling industry and be featured in these brands like Sports Illustrated and Victoria's Secret, which are obviously heavily marketed towards straight men. So I think that the companies, well, I mean, Victoria's Secret's like shitty, but like I think it's good on Sports Illustrated <laughs> that they've given her the opportunity to be on the cover or be featured in Sports Illustrated. It also happened with Gina Rosero. I think it was like last year when she was featured in Playboy and she was one of the first trans women, the first Pacific Islander trans women featured in Playboy. So it's just nice to see that our sisters are out here thriving and our brothers are thriving, doing their thing. And I, anytime this happens, I'm always very skeptical about reading the comments because I know they're going to be filled with straight men saying that, oh, she's ugly. Why did they do that? This is gay, blah, 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 saying they're stupid shit. And I think, I don't know, it's kind of hard to block that out because it's really disheartening that, you know, you just have this really big breakthrough for your community. But at the same time, there are so many people that are complaining. And I think hopefully soon when we just keep presenting ourselves and keep proving that you know we're just normal people hopefully one day in the future we won't 
be shocked when somebody like that is featured on Sports Illustrated or like a, a movie or a TV show or something like that. I, I hope there is a time where the shock value wears off and people aren't like scared of us or think that it's disgusting or gay or whatever the agenda that they think that these companies have by featuring a trans person. I think it's important. And like, like I said, she's absolutely stunning. I don't think anybody really has a problem staring at her in a, in a bikini. Like I do, I'm not even attracted to women and I have no objections to seeing her in a bikini, but you know, there's always people that are just too afraid to admit their attraction to a trans woman that they will say anything that they want, especially on the internet to kind of make them seem like, they're this macho man that thinks it's disgusting and blah, 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 whatever their logic is. Yeah. I mean, and when this story for first broke and when I um, discovered it, Gage is the one that showed me, you know, obviously my first thought, I'm critical because I'm like, okay, like another pretty trans girl um, gets uh, like, just, just gets her privilege and like is able to be here. But it's like, no, that she, she's um, from Brazil, which is like really, um, really cool that there's like diversity but also when reading those comments it was just really disheartening to see that that even like the people that like that you see quote-unquote are passing um they still are getting shit and it just like i mean transphobia exists um just towards the identity like towards trans identity and so it is really heartbreaking to see that yeah she's getting attacked because she's beautiful she's she's hot like like period but like it is really fucked up that like so many people still have an issue with it but like it's like yeah okay jerk off to her but then sure comment all this hateful shit um and so yeah it is really upsetting to see that this still exists this um this hate towards trans people just trying to live their lives and um just doing you know being themselves like being out there being a part of something that they should be a part of so it definitely is very just sad that like a lot of people are just, yeah, they, they don't get it. They aren't respectful and they're, they're just, they're doing an awful thing for the community and uh, it is awful. But I did see something really cool that I do want to praise um, because I definitely respect it a lot. Um, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit had the video of her on their Instagram and there's only like 23 comments or so on it. Uh, and, and there's not that much. But on the video, they put, Our Instagram channel is a platform for inspiration, inclusivity, and support. Uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit would not tolerate any hateful or offensive comments. Those who violate these terms will be deleted, blocked, and reported. So they're, they're doing the part to uh, protect trans lives. They're doing the part to um, stand up for um uh this girl who's just so stunning and and it's just such a shame that people are so hateful but they they're doing the part and that's like what you want to see in a brand someone that stands up for them but obviously there's probably a million things wrong with sports illustrated um but it is cool that they they are doing what they can to defend her and to just call out people who are being shitty and blocking them deleting their comments not spreading any hate so i really like appreciate that yeah. And I mean, she, she's stunning. She's also from Brazil, like you said, and Brazil is like, 
I think it's the leading country in terms of trans violence towards trans women. I think the most trans women have died from Brazil. So, I mean, it, it does also show that they're, even though she is so stunning and she's so pretty, she's from a country that is known for having a lot of violence towards trans women. And the fact that she was able to emerge from that and then be featured in all of these big companies and have a successful modeling career is really encouraging. And I don't know. I just feel like in terms of like guys feeling like it's gross to look at trans women, like nobody's forcing you to look at us. Like how many of them are flipping through Sports Illustrated and see somebody that they're not attracted to and then just flip the page? Like, bitch, nobody's forcing you to stare at her. If you don't like it, then don't look at her and don't follow her on Instagram and look at her pictures. Like, I don't understand, like, why it's such a problem to have one person out of, like, 728 girls in the magazine that's trans. Like, what's the issue there? It's tiny pee-pee culture. That's what it is. The teeniest tiny dicks. And, like, it just is so fucking frustrating because um, I feel like that should be my motto on this podcast because I constantly say it's so frustrating. It's but, like, that's my – yeah, it is because trans people, like, are real and are valid and it's fuck that, like – we, like a lot of times we're made to be like ashamed of our identities of being trans and that's just like so wrong because there's nothing wrong with being trans there's nothing wrong with our identities we're just trying to live our life and like we talked about that with the jk rowling thing it's like leave us alone <laughs> leave us alone because i just i know for me i'm just trying to be happy and i want all the like, I want all the respect that I can get for my identity. That's like the bare minimum that I should ask for is that I just want people to see me as me without any judgment. And so it is just disturbing to know that, like, yeah, we are targeted. Um, trans people are um, judged. We are um, killed. Uh, we are, um, yeah, completely just um, being treated like shit all the time. And so, God forbid like one trans person is on one cover of one magazine. Um, people are mad. And it's like, for why? Like, because you're attracted to someone? Like, right. Like, that, exactly. You being attracted to them just goes to show that trans people can be and look whatever, like all different kinds or all different shades of the rainbow, all different um ways like there's no identifier for being trans because at the end of the day they are who they say they are and like that's just point big point blank period and so yeah it is like annoying that that shit keeps happening it's kind of sad that literally i feel like most trans people our biggest hope in life is just to be treated like a normal person I feel like that says so much that our standard the bar is literally on the ground to where the only thing that we want is to be treated like a normal person. Like it's not, oh, I want to be a famous doctor. Like we may want to be doctors, but at the same time, that fear of not being treated like a normal person or that fear of being killed or being judged or whatever is like so overwhelming that it pretty much overshadows everything else in our life. And the only thing, like I said, that we want is to just be treated like normal people. And it's so sad that it it's come to that. I think it says a lot about the status and the state of the trans community and how 
everybody treats us. It's just, it's really disheartening that we just want to live our lives as a normal person. Most trans people don't get that luxury. And people seem to just think that, you know, this is a choice. We do whatever we want. We are being unnatural, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it has nothing to do with them. We don't care what anybody else is doing. All we want to do is just live. And I think that's that's really sad. Yeah, the main thing that when I'm talking, like when I'm speaking about my mom, I'm speaking to my friends about my mom, I always say that like, I don't, she can fuck up my pronouns and my name all she wants, but I just want to see her try. That is the, that's the bare minimum. Like if I, if she refers to me by my name, I know that she's trying. If she tries to correct herself, I know that she's trying and that's all I want. That's like the bare minimum, all I want. If, as long as I know that she respects me and who I am and she's doing her best, like that's all I could ask for. You can fuck up a million times, but like if you feel remorseful and you feel bad about it, then like, then that's all I'm asking for is to be loved and appreciated no matter what, regardless of who I am, how I identify, how, like whatever. I just want like someone to care and to love me and to respect me. I just want respect. And so that's like, that's like what we ask for in society. We just, we want to be respected. We want people to see us as us. And, and that's not a hard thing to do. Like, it's not a hard thing to just see another person and then value them. I mean, we can have this talk about like just any minority, any person who is um, marginalized, but like, yeah, I mean, we're all just trying to be equal in life and be treated that way. So it is, it is heartbreaking to see trans people are fetishized, trans people are murdered, trans people are viewed a certain way, and it like needs to stop at some point because we are who we say we are. And at the end of the day, that's that, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that is actually the perfect way to close out this episode. I feel like we've been focused a lot about like the media and things like that, that we kind of haven't really stepped back and thought about like our own feelings. I feel like when we started the podcast, we would talk a lot about like our experiences and stuff like that. And then we kind of went into topics, which is fine. But I thought it was nice that we were able to have like this little conversation about, you know, what we want and what we hope eventually happens as we continue to move forward in time and educate people and have more representation and stuff like that. So it was just nice to have like a little heart to heart after we've been just so stressed out about a particular woman with orange hair that's also a turf and has glasses because she's just so stressful. So it was nice to like have a heart to heart with each other. The queen of garbage. The garbage (laughs) queen. The garbage queen. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I appreciate you guys sticking around and listening. I feel like a lot of people have just been really happy that we've been at this again, being more consistent. And I love it. I love every time that we get to talk, we get to just discuss these issues because it is really important. And I love how um, we've just grown so much in the way that we speak. I was listening to the first episode the other day. And then compared to now, like, I feel like we've just grown so much and we've improved the quality of how we address these issues and how we want to talk about 
certain things. And I feel like we have been more topical lately. We've been trying to just discuss more recent events because it is important. And I, and I think at the end of the day, we can keep talking about all, all these conversations about like these different things that center around our personal life. But I think at the end of the day, it is important to talk about what's going on now, what's affecting other people and what can we do to call that shit out. And so I'm happy or praise it if it's a good thing, but yeah, I'm happy that we're able to like make this. So thank you guys, honestly, for listening. Um, if you want to support us, we do uh, have Instagrams you can follow. Um, you can follow Gage and I on our Instagram and, and you can also follow Girlish on the Girlish Instagram. So the Girlish Instagram is at Girlish Podcast. My um, Instagram is at Olivia Noel and Gage is at Gage L G A G E L L E, right? Correct. <laughs> so yeah, follow all of us, um, all of us, the both of us, and the girlish podcast. And yeah, thank you guys for constantly listening and being great. And we just appreciate that immensely. Wait, when is our anniversary? Our girlish anniversary? Ah, uh, let me let me let me tag. Hold up. Oh my we're God. on, I think this is episode 30. I think we're on That's episode 30. Insane. Which is crazy. We did like, we obviously weren't consistent during the beginning of the year. Yeah. But we should plan the first like episode. We have to oh my God. Crazy. We missed our one year anniversary. I know. 413-2019 oh was our one year. Okay. So we're, we're over a year old. Yeah. We need to film like some special episode where we both do something obviously we can't do much because we live on the opposite sides of the country but like yeah yeah if you guys have any suggestions let us know we want to do something fun yeah that'd be really cool just give us any ideas any honestly we're very funny like we talk about very (laughs) serious topics but we are hilarious so yeah we are we are two funny boys exactly (laughs) according to (laughs) i'm ready to go to conversion therapy boys yeah exactly Um, so yeah, let us know if you have any ideas. Um, and thank you for supporting. You can also, um, leave a nice, good review on, uh, Apple iTunes and or Apple podcast and yeah, share with your friends, share with everyone, post us on fucking Reddit. I know that's like a great resource. Um, yeah. So just do what you can and let us know. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.